0: Hey y'all, I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, not another podcast. And I agree, you know, I'm typically that person that doesn't listen to podcasts either, but my name is Will Johnson and I'm here to bring something a little different for you. This is the At Homish Podcast, creating spaces where we belong. Hey y'all, welcome back to the At Homish Podcast, creating spaces where we belong. Well, hopefully you listen to the first one, you listen to the second one. But if not, welcome. But one of the things we really want to focus on here is really digging into those conversations where we create spaces where we feel safe to be ourselves, where we're where we're valued, where we are we feel we feel relevant and supported. And so I was even watching a, a quick snippet from uh, Trevor Noah. He's doing a podcast talking about why, why can't we say that thing? Why can't we be who we are? And so as I was exploring the concepts of safety and security, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to Veterans Day, which is actually tomorrow. Today is the observance. And as a veteran, I, I served in the Army seven years, combat medic, Hua, I, I have to reflect on what it means to to be a veteran. Veterans are people who have decided to serve in the forces which protect our country. And it's kind of like a blank check that you write because, you know, at any given time, you could be sent off to war and, you know, give that ultimate sacrifice. But even if you don't go off to war, there, there's a lot of sacrifices just involved in. I'm signing this contract that says, I'm committing to X number of years and I'm going to be deployed. I'm going to be away from my family. I'm going to be away from my friends. I mean, even when you sign up, you get assigned to a duty station, you know, after basic training. It's designed in a way where we're separated from our home, you know. And one thing that really stands out about this to me, going back to the whole concept of the blank check, is that when I think about, Veterans and people who have served this country, they serve the country. I'll repeat that again. They serve the country. It's not a matter of, I, I served for this person who looks like this. I served for this person who thinks this way. If you are someone who's living within this country, these veterans have written a blank check to say, I'm here for you. I'm here for your future. I'm here for your kid's future. It's not about who you are, your identity, any of those things. So I think it's really powerful that here we have this group of people that do that for our our country, that provide this safety and security. Right. And so let's now bring it on down to our, our own communities. Okay, who in our community provides safety and security and for whom? I, I was absolutely one of those kids, I can't lie, where I, I would see um, the policeman come to the school and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, that's so cool. Like, what would it mean to be, you know, a police officer to serve and protect? And I know, I know there are some people who, you know, may have different feelings about police or people in authority that are in a role to protect our communities, but. You know, it's just something that we really need to think about is how we how we show up as, as individuals. I don't want to get too far off topic. We'll save that for another time. But when I when I talked about Veterans Day, I feel like when we stop to acknowledge our veterans, our veterans are protecting our national home. OK, protecting what we believe in, what we stand for. Similarly, our police and our local government, they are protecting our community, our community home, making sure that we're safe, supported and have what we need. Also within that community, we have the individuals who are looking out for each other. Hashtag neighborhood watch in some cases, but, you know, you watch your neighbor's home, they watch your home, we watch the cars, we make sure that we take care of one another. And then even beyond that, if we talk about creating spaces where we all belong, how are we now also welcoming people into the into our communities so they also feel safe and supported? But the thing I, I really want us to focus in on is those are all important levels, but the importance of ourselves and how we're practicing Psychological safety, because it's really important for us to look at how each of us is present and shows up and is taking care of ourselves to understand what things trigger us, what things maybe create anxiety, what things trigger some sort of emotional response. The more we're aware of those things and understand how we respond to what's happening in the world around us, we as individuals can be safe. We can then be a part of a community that's safe and then have a greater, safer society. So one question I want to leave you with today is what are you doing to take care of yourself and your community to feel at home I'm going to tie us right back into what I talked about in the first session where we were talking about social-emotional learning, cultural competency, diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you aren't included in a space, you're not going to feel safe, right? If you're struggling with like, with your emotions and your identity, it's, it's difficult to feel safe, whether in your, your physical space or even in your body. And so what I wanna talk about today is kind of digging into what are the things that prevent us from actually being safe in our own spaces. So we got our veterans, we got our cops, but what about us as individuals? And so one of the things that I, I was working with some folks on is creating some resources around what's called psychological safety okay so again let's think back to social emotional learning a key concept of that is are we psychologically safe when we talk about psychological safety has anyone perhaps heard about anxiety depression emotional dysregulation the mental health behavioral health these are topics that we hear in the news quite a bit and I will just go ahead and say I'm not like these clinical experts so if you actually if you need some support, go get that. And I do want to provide you with some foundational information around some key concepts relating to these topics. So when we talk about anxiety, it's real. I suffer from it myself. <laughs> it's not one of those things that I, I talk about a lot openly, but uh, I tend to be a perfectionist at times and when when I whether it's in the studio whether it's at work, I, I want everything to be just right. I want to have all the answers. I don't want to leave anyone with any questions or doubt of what I'm doing, why I'm doing, how I'm doing it. I want to make sure everything is covered. And you know, a lot of times that's just unrealistic. And so I have anxiety attached to that. And I didn't realize that until I'm like feeling this in my body, like. Oh, well, I got a whole lot of tension in my shoulders. My collar's actually folded up because my my <laughs> my shoulders are pinned to my ears. And it's like I'm holding all the stress and anxiety because I'm trying to be perfect. And now let me break this down for a second. Why would someone feel the need to be perfect? Could it possibly be rooted in situations where the expectation from others was that they couldn't be wrong or they had to have everything together. They couldn't have a misstep. Let's Just think about that and think about our our identity. I feel like I'm talking vague around some stuff, but I, I want to save some heavier topics um, as we move forward. But but think about the, the parts of your identity that we may feel we, we can't fully be ourselves. We We can't show up. We can't say the thing we're thinking. We can't engage in a certain way and therefore we we do not have psychological safety which can now lead to that anxiety when we talk about the anxiety that's now shackling us to you know whatever state this this is now the the depression that we can fall into because we're unable to to be our true selves I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles a bit, but, you know, let's let's get some some tangible examples. I got some good feedback from the first podcast. We talked a lot about schools and I really want to get across how these concepts can be applied in everyday life. So we talked a lot about cultural competency, diversity, equity and inclusion to create spaces of belonging in schools. And what I want us all to consider is what does that now mean? with my family? What does that now mean with my friends? What does that mean with my coworkers? What does that mean with people I interact with in the community? And so we can apply these concepts across all of our interpersonal relationships to improve how we create spaces which are at-home-ish. But how does this now apply to real life? And thinking even back to what I heard about another podcast earlier, why is it that there are some topics that we Either shy away from or whisper about because if we don't talk about it, we'll never be able to improve our understanding and how and work towards places to be inclusive and have spaces of belonging. So one that really jumps out to me right now is when I think about pride, LGBTQ, and, and what it really means to to show up and support people. Because I'll own that when I was younger, uh, as a fan of '90s, '80s hip hop. If you didn't identify a certain way, we're teased. you're teased, you're bullied, you're you're, you're an outcast and, and not the 90s Southern rap group. But, but sorry, I have to make light of things sometimes, but it's like if you spend decades, centuries, whatever, you spend this time where, you know, you can't dress a certain way or can't wear a a certain color or talk a certain way because or or love the person that you want to love because someone's going to look at you and want to cause harm to you. So, So now I have to hide who I am and not just publicly, but even in the midst of families, because the hope would be at home. That's a space where you can be safe and be supported. But when we talk about our, our students, our community members who are part of the LGBT community, if they're unable to have that conversation and that relationship at home, now, now they have to go somewhere else. They're not safe at home. And is it safe in the community? And uh, I'll let you ponder that for a second for yourself and your own community. Is it safe for people of various identity, whether it's ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender, are are they safe to be who they are? Let's talk about at home. Home is that place where you're free to be you. You're you're safe. Yeah you, you, you walk in the door, you you kick off your shoes. You know, you don't want to track the outside stuff in, but you kick off your shoes, you put on your comfy clothes, maybe toss on some music and it's just, I am free to be me, okay? So now, does that expand to your your community? Does that expand to other communities? When I think about physical safety, here's a concept I toyed around with. I, I call it uh, strategic avoidance. And I want you to, to, to ride with me for a second as I, I'm leaving the, the LGBTQ train for just a second. But as an African-American man, no about 350, 360 on a good day, almost six foot, like a quarter inch short of that. There are some communities where I don't feel safe. Okay, And and what I love about, you know, digging off into that conversation is that when I when I have a relationship with people, you know, sometimes they will put their head down and not like, oh, yeah, you're I think you're right. I don't I don't I don't think I want you to go there. I don't know if you'd be safe there. And so. I really want people to think about when we say the whole at-home-ish, creating spaces where we belong, what is it we're doing or why are we doing things that would make someone feel like they're not safe there? They don't belong there. And I'm going to give you some quick tips because one of the things I want to pride myself in is not having, you know, and you know, if the topic's good, you can have an hour long podcast. I'm not judging, but I like to keep it brief. I like to keep it, you know, 20, 30 minutes tops, where it's like, oh, wow, that was good. That was juicy. And then you want some more, right? (laughs) But one of the things I want to talk about right now is regardless of how someone identifies, whether it's, you know, height, weight, color, sexual orientation, when you see somebody on the street, smile, That's, that's so easy to do. If you see someone and Either they say hello first, if they say hello first, you know what to do, you respond, but also say hello to them, especially if it's someone you haven't seen before, because I'll tell you from my own experience, if I'm walking somewhere and someone just looks at me they don't say anything, or when I pass by, I'm looking over my shoulder, I'm looking around, like, am I good here? But it's like there's such so many small things we can do to be welcoming. And again, I think I mentioned it before. Don't don't be that weird person. Some people might be OK with it. It's like, oh, my gosh, hey, I'm so happy you're here and going up to somebody you don't even know. But just just be kind and think about the things that you'd want for yourself if you're in an area where you've never been before. And if you never had to think about that, pause and think about why you haven't had to think about that. Why, why might you as an individual feel that, Oh, I don't have to worry about how people perceive me or if I'm safe. But if you have, please pause and think about the things that we can do differently to make sure that everyone feels safe in all these spaces and make sure it's at home-ish. So when I, when I think about the concept of home invasion, I, I think about, yeah, everybody wants to live in a nice neighborhood, right? You, you, you want that perhaps manicured lawn or that security person at the door where, you know, you can go in and there's nobody coming in after you. Right. We go in, we you know perhaps lock our doors, lock our windows We make sure we're not leaving anything unsecure when we go into our own personal spaces. Right. Like you're not leaving the curtains open so someone can see that 85 inch TV. Right. right? Or, or that that fancy stereo system or that computer or or even your loved ones. You know, you don't want someone. You know, possibly walking by and just seeing everything you have in your home, so you keep it protected. Similarly, when we when we you know come off the concept of home invasion, there there are ways that it also applies to us as individuals. Okay, what are the things that? Let me back up for a second. What is the the armor that we put on as individuals when we leave our homes? What are the the masks that we wear? How how do we now? change ourselves or protect ourselves from the, the outside world, preventing those, the home invasions of our mind. And, and what I want to take you on is a little quick, quick journey about a concept called the behavior chain. When we talk about the behavior chain, we have no control over what happens outside of us. We, we don't control the weather. We don't control the cars going down the street, the people who walk by. We have control of ourselves for the most part, but we don't control other people. And so when something happens that's identified as a trigger, okay? That's a situation, something that happens. Once we're exposed to a trigger, we then have a feeling or a thought as a response to that trigger. From that feeling or thought it then goes into an action that we will demonstrate, which then gives us a consequence or a reward. I want to right now connect the concepts of emotional intelligence, just feeling, with the concept of home invasion of our mind in the sense of things will happen. And if we do not demonstrate or are unable to demonstrate emotional intelligence, our minds can be invaded because we no longer have control over our emotional responses to the things that happen. So now we have this response that leads to perhaps a consequence or a reward that we don't want because now we're acting in a certain way in a response to that emotion that we were unable to control in that moment, the home invasion of the mind. So keeping with the theme of the day, I want to kind of wrap everything together with Thank you. I, I'm a veteran too, but thank you to all the veterans who serve and have served our country. Thank you to our police, our service providers who support our communities. And then also for each of you, I just have a hope that you're emotionally aware and keep your your mind and your body secure from the things that are out there that can make it not feel like home and make you not feel safe. And again, really thinking about what we as each individual can do to create that that safety in our communities. So we look forward to seeing you next time on the At Homish podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you and do me a favor, share this with like five to 10 friends because you know there's somebody else out there that wants to hear this. When we wise up, we rise up.